0: are now tuned into
1: the game where evolution is revolution
0: welcome to another edition of the gang recognized gang podcast with rlj and kev i'm kev that's rlj and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution where evolution is always revolution what the deal man
1: my brother how are you
0: We back in the game, baby boy.
1: In the game. We back
0: in the game, man. We back in the game in the game room, man. We doing what we do. Season six is Amplifier. We moving and shaking, man. We in the game. We in the game. We in the game.
1: How's how's your week been, brother?
0: Yo, man, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I am um, doing a lot of self-reflection around um, how to... Uh, deal with my anxiety, mm. right? Um, so I've been reading some literature and uh, practicing some meditation, and trying to uh, acknowledge and, or at least recognize and identify like what are some of the triggers that are causing my levels of anxiety? Because honestly, bro, I ain't gonna hold you, man. I think I I think I've been having panic attacks and shit. Mm. Like, like, anxiety-driven panic attacks. They haven't been, like, frequent, but what I'm reading and, and describing, that's what I'm having. From the standpoint of, like, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm on a train, well, last week, end the last week, and um going back and forth with my son about something, and it's stressing me out, because it's like, all right, well, you do know that you got to deal with your mother. <laughs> I ain't doing it, but you can. I'm in a I'm in a different phase of my life now. <laughs> so um, that kind of like stressed me out while I was on the train. And then um, somebody posted a message on, I was scrolling through Facebook. Somebody posted a message that said um, that it was like suicide awareness date. So now it like, yeah, Suicide Awareness Day, but Suicide Awareness Day wasn't October 10th. It was September 10th, right? But So they got the date wrong. The date was October 10th that this happened, but the actual day is September 10th. I think what they were trying to say was about Mental Health Awareness Week it, that happens in the month of October, right? But it Triggered me a little bit because I was I immediately thought about my sister, right? And I said, "Damn, it would have been dope to do something for Suicide Awareness Day in honor of my sister." Like I, I, I felt like I missed the opportunity. Now, mind, you, am on, I'm on the train, right? I felt like I missed the opportunity. And then I said, "Okay, well, I could do it again next year." Then I, then I wrote down a note, brother. J, I said, "Well, damn, I gotta talk to, I gotta talk to Ronald, because maybe we could do something with the podcast in honor of." you know suicide awareness because it's a global thing it's almost like world aids day i ain't even know that
1: yeah they have walks and um they have runs and 4k well uh 5ks um, yeah for it as well
0: i yeah i did i didn't know man and so i was like well damn maybe it's something that we could do for next year um you know with the podcast and then i get to uh you see, I can't even remember, bro, that the shit was such just a blur. I might have got to Crystal City and I looked over and you know how they got like the suicide hotline, the 888 number. And I saw that one sign. And then when I got off my Metro stop, I saw it again, like as soon as I walked off the train. And man, so then, then this is the crazy part. As the Anthony Hamilton version as the song, the Anthony Hamilton version, not the Stevie Wonder version, because the Stevie Wonder version is kind of more up-tempo. Mm-hmm. The Anthony Hamilton version came on on my playlist on my headphones. It, like, the, the second that I walked off the train, Brother Jay, and, man, my damn heart felt like it was about to explode in my chest, and my palms got sweaty, and I legit thought I was about to have a nervous breakdown in LaFont Plaza Metro. Holy shit. And so, (laughs) luckily I've been practicing meditation and so it's like, okay, I got to breathe. I said, okay, I know know it triggered me and I know what kind of started it and what what added on to it and how it snowballed. And so the fact that I could kind of identify, I could identify what was taking place, it kind of got me on my game to try to do some more research around like, yo, did I have a panic attack, because that has happened before. But I didn't know what it was. And man, it put me in a place to say, you know what? How did I get here to even have a panic attack? Because I just don't think it's because of my sister or dealing with my ex-wife or work. I think it's legit a com a combination of different things that have taken place throughout my life and it's really just been a, a a big ass snowball effect that i'm just now realizing like oh this is this is cumulative this ain't just happened over the last 5 10 years 20 years 30 years this you know this is this is a lifetime worth of stuff and it's coming out physically now and so i've been to- doing a lot of self study to try to figure out um, treatment plans with my therapist. I really don't want to get on no medication in terms of like something I got to be on constantly every day because I think it's like situational. You know what I mean? So I've kind of just been doing research around that piece and then uh, just kind of thinking about my life, man. And it's wild, bro, because I feel like I done lived three lifetimes in 43 years, man. Like, that's what it feels like, just the, the the magnitude of the stress, the magnitude of, like, the mindfulness that I have to have to not succumb to the stress. Like, that's work in itself. Like, the work to try to figure out what's going on with your anxiety, man. Like, that's a job, bro. That gives you anxiety. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, I've been doing a, a lot of self-studying, man, but it's difficult to try to figure out like the origin of a lot of things that you need to focus on, say for the folks, the purpose of your wellness. When honestly, bro, it just seemed like, wow, shit is happening. Like we were talking about the glitch, man, but y'all, this shit is in overdrive. This The, the war in the middle East, man, the, the damn uh, congressman, they can't get their shit together. 45, 45- Forty five, man. Everybody diamond him out, man. Yo, I I think I think about five people took a plea deal with that that fool, and yo, and people is like accepting the wildest behavior. But I'm like, damn, man. now wonder people glitching, cause it's how do you find the space to to take the time to kind of go through the origin of probably a lot of shit that people haven't dealt with for X amount of years to be able to try to find a resolution in a time that is probably the most tumultuous, at least in our lifetime, for a five-year stretch. Like, damn, bro.
1: You also got to take into consideration that most people don't have healthy coping skills. Yeah. And most people aren't trying to figure out why do I feel this way? Where did this, when did this feeling, when did I first, when do I first remember experiencing this? Like, many people, most people aren't inclined to activate that self-awareness muscle. And so, people just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Until like it hits you, it hits others, and they have no choice but to give attention to it because they're in somebody's hospital,
0: or in somebody's box,
1: or in a box. Yeah, and I remember there was it was a colleague of mine. I was recognizing some of their behaviors, um, and they were in a meeting. And in the moment where they typically would have given a smart response, they didn't. Mm -hmm. And it looked like when you looked at their eyes, it looked as if they were on another planet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then like you could see them looking at their hands, but they said they couldn't see their hands. Right. So vision is now blurry. I can hear you. I can't see you. I feel like something is squeezing my throat. My chest is tight. My hands are sweaty. I'm going numb on one side. And so people are panicking, thinking it's a heart attack. People are doing this. And after the assessment from the doctor in the emergency room, it was anxiety. Damn. And so all the stuff that they were dealing with, they just kept putting it in their backpack, putting mm-hmm. it in their backpack. All oh, just this, putting it in their backpack. And the thing is, people aren't aware that anxiety can take on the form of so many other things, and it can show up so many times unannounced.
0: And what I'm learning, it turns you know, anxiety is is almost like the co-parent with that leads to major depressive depression disorder, or anxiety, anxiety kind of uh, uh, influences. Like if you if you have OCD, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. If you have abandonment issues, that's exi- That's anxiety. That's an anxiety
1: and And a lot of it stems from one small instance that we may or may not remember that pushed us into this snowball effect, right when we think of attachment styles that one time your mother didn't pick you up now anytime your mom says she's gonna pick you up, you don't really trust it or when you did get dropped off at daycare or someone's house that you were spending the night at, and your mom or your dad comes to pick you up, you see them but you're not impressed or you're not interested to leave with them so you act like you don't see them you avoid them mm-hmm. Where does that come from and then how does that manifest itself? as one of my friends says at your big old age i'm she she said I'm now forty five and I'm learning that a lot of the ways that I've ruined relationships stemmed from my relationship with my mother or my father
0: mm-hmm.
1: like she wasn't able to have good relationships with her sisters because of the characteristics that the sisters shared with the mother that was triggering to her and so she wasn't able to have she said she didn't really have a good set of friends that were women until she was in her 40s hmm right because she didn't really know like I grew up in a she said I grew up in a house with my sisters but I didn't have a relation with my sisters like we didn't share anything the only thing we shared she said was DNA and in the house so she was like learning how to communicate she was like when she got to college that was her first time being forced to have co- like to talk out conflict it was forced like this is my first time where I got to face this stuff. I got a roommate. I don't like what she's doing. She don't like what I'm doing. We got to have a um a heated conversation. She said most of her adult life skills she learned from other people and experience because of her poor relationship with her mother.
0: And bro, you just you just you just ran off three or four different kinds of relationships right there, right? Think about that. People bringing bringing that into marriages. They bringing that into, you know, with their partners, their significant others, with their children. Yeah. Like, bro, like you, you're talking about the most intimate, holy of the holy relationships that you have as a human being. Yeah. You're bringing that in to that kind of environment, and I think a lot of people don't understand that if it goes unaddressed, and if both parties don't have a level of awareness. It is a petri dish for toxicity.
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember someone telling me once, they say, if you don't deal with your demons, your children will be forced to fight
0: them. And I don't want that for my son, man, which is why I'm I'm kind of getting on this thing and, and, and trying to hold myself accountable to try to figure out, like, yo, how the fuck? that I have a panic attack in LaFont Metro Station. Because I know that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? Shit, if anything, bro, I'm trying to figure out how I got there so that I can front. If somebody's catch me in the act and say, no, man, you know, I just, uh, I lost my breath. Yeah, <laughs> I, I ain't worked out in a minute. <laughs> I'm making up my excuses, bro. <laughs> I'm making up my excuses if I get caught in the act.
1: But think about how <laughs> many people are experiencing panic attacks, and they still don't do anything about it. Think about how that is showing up. You have an insecure or avoided attachment with your parents, right? And now you have, like, abandonment issues. And so now when you get into a relationship, you want to know where they're going, what time they're coming back, who all's is going to be there, how long it's going to take to get there, what they're going to do when they get there, and then, like, which way are you going to take when you get back? Are you going to call me when you get home? Are you going to, Like, all of these questions because of former trauma that you've experienced. And sometimes people aren't even aware that that's what they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember, or, or you
0: shut, or you just shut down completely and hold. Like you don't even ask the question, where are you going? What time are you coming back? Blah blah blah. You just shut down completely, and then you having those conversations internalized. In yeah. yeah, yo, it's, it's yeah, and you're yeah, driving, man. and you're
1: driving yourself mad, right? I remember I dated someone who was like that. It's like, hey, well, you didn't call me when you when you got out of class, because you're about to see me in three minutes. We meet at the same place every, like. Why was I supposed to call? Like, I've never called you when I got it. Like, Uh, what is this? mm -hmm. Right. But then through conversation. Learned of some situations with her mom and her dad. Mm -hmm. And then the mother projected her feelings and thoughts onto her children. And so all of the children now operate in that space of insecurity, and I was like, okay, what are you going to do about that? Because that's not healthy. And it wasn't just with me. It was, like, within her friendship. So she wasn't able to maintain regular friendships because everyone was like, yo, this I girl, like, what is happening? Why do we keep going through this every day? I was running late, didn't have time to stop past the food court today, so that's why I didn't come to the, like, you thinking, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Like, you didn't you didn't come to food court. You hate me. Something happened, blah, blah, blah. I overslept and was late for class. Mm-hmm. You didn't answer my text message like you normally do. It's been three hours. I haven't heard from you. I was asleep. But it wasn't... She never got to a space where she could turn it off and just breathe. It was overthinking and creating things that weren't there. And that's how she started to, like pay a mortgage to the space of anxiety, mm. but refuse to get help with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I should talk to someone about that. And I was like, well, listen, this, this ain't gonna work. Yo. This, this is not gonna work. And And it's because you recognize that this is a problem, but you are also acknowledging the fact that you're not gonna do anything about it. Well, you know, it started with X, Y, and Z, and 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 this is the reason why. And I started putting periods where people were—I mean, people were putting periods where there should have been a coordinating conjunction, mm-hmm. not but, but and. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get help so that I can show up and be better. Not for not just for others, but also for myself.
0: And and for listeners, a coordinating uh, conjunction basically. If you're gonna use uh, a semicolon and follow it up with a with a but, you kind of negate the first part of your statement. So it's kind of like, yeah, uh, I'm sorry to offend you. I-, I didn't mean to offend you, but you actually offended somebody like that, right? Yeah. So it's and because you're con- you're connecting a common thought and thing under one umbrella. So never mind. That's 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 just you
1: know, conjunction. Junction, you drop, what's their you, function?
0: Yeah, man, you drop some you drop something out. I think people
1: might be a little rusty. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But I. But we have to get not but and we have to get to the space and place where we. Yes, it's important to know where it comes from, the origin, where it does it stem from, and do something about it.
0: Yeah that that, that the, the the important part.
1: <laughs> to do something about it, and many people don't. Um. And you've heard me say this multiple times. many people will and for lack of better wording, I'm just going to say they don't want to be fixed because being broken gets them attention. I remember there was a there was a young lady that i that we were in school with, and she would have she would have anxiety attacks to the point where it's like she can't breathe <laughs> and I remember we were in algebra three. Mr. Wilson was my teacher, and he had enough because it happened, like, weekly. He said, I need you to get your stuff, and you need to go to the office. Like, that's how he said it. Like, everyone else was like, oh, my God. But then around the room, people were also tired of her doing this. Like, this happens every week. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you feel it coming. No, I'll be okay. I'm. A- he was like, yo, yo, yo. He said... "You And,
0: and I, I, I would assume people were people were feeling for her situation and condition. They just got tired of it being the same thing and, and the person not doing anything about
1: it. Cause she recognized the SIM, the signals of, Oh, yeah. hold on. It's about to happen again. She was, I just need to sit here. So she's in class. She's breathing hard. She's drawing attention to herself. And at, and at this point, Mr. Wilson said, I need you to stop. I need you to gather your things. And I need you to go to the office. And everyone else is looking like, oh, shit. He because he he had a look on his face like I'm over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called somebody's name. He said, walk with her so she won't be alone. And she was getting ready to say something. He was like, you don't have any other option. He wrote the note. She carried the note. And and then I later found out the note said, do not return to my class. Oh, Lord, because it happened every week. And, and, he a, was, and, a,
0: and the instructor kind of just ran out of ran out of grace and patience
1: because you are recognizing the signals. Yeah. You are aware the last time I felt like this this was happening. But instead I'm just going to I'm just going to sit here. And I I always think about that. It's like, "Huh. When when do we when does when do we kick in self-sufficient mode? Like when do we put it in gear? Yeah. I know that this is happening. I'm I'm feeling the signals. Cool. Let me do something about it now instead of it's full blown out of my control and there's nothing that can be done about it. Right. I'm thinking of a headache. If you have a headache, or you have seasonal allergies, or you get migraines, you're going to know the warning signs of whatever symptoms you are, are are experiencing, of whatever situation or condition that you have. Why wait until the migraine is a full-blown 10? I had a friend who would do that.
0: I, I, I guess because the migraine, once it's a full-blown 10, Brother Jay, the pain is so excruciating, you actually said, you, 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 it's bringing you to your knees to do something about it.
1: But at this point, you can't because it's, like, debilitating.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I had a friend that, who price, would do this. That's the price people willing to pay, though, to not do nothing. Which it's like, is oh, crazy. man, I
1: left my glasses. So I see him going like this. I'm like, yo, why don't you take something? Because it looks like you're having to hit it. No, I'll be fine. I just need to eat something. An hour later, you eat something, and the pain is worse. You don't think it's time to take... Uh, you don't ha- you don't think it's time to to take anything like no 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 I just need some water and sit still I'll be fine and then an hour later like you can't see out your left eye because now the migraine has kicked into full blown migraine and now right this is going to sound this is going to sound horrible and I I don't have the capacity to clean it up today Kev yeah. but now you are now a liability to those that are around you because now you've created an inconvenience because hey. I have to stop what I'm doing or people have to stop what they're doing to make sure you're okay. So you're not hurt. Right. Or you're not causing any more infliction upon yourself or others. And so it's, I told, I told them once I said, I know you can't control your migraines, but what you can't control is the response to the situation and the symptoms that you notice before the migraine kicks in. It's
0: you, almost like their their lack of their lack of their lack of uh, initiative kind of lost grace and credibility with their support system because people uh, are noticing from different angles you're not doing anything and then at something that you are supposed to receive support from and uh encouragement for now you become a villain
1: i'm over it because you haven't yeah <laughs> i'm over it <laughs> Damn. so so i'm not going to lunch with this person anymore because it typically happens around lunchtime I'm not walking with y'all to class because it typically happens when we walk this way to class at this time. I'm not coming to your party because this person typically does this every time this happens. No. Right. Because we're not being self-sufficient. We are not tapping in and saying, okay, cool. It's no longer, isn't it? (laughs) It ain't cute. And it ain't funny. Right. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and part of me, part of me, (sighs) This is it. No, I'm not going to say it that way. What I am going to say is going back to the clock analogy. People sometimes operate in a space of self infliction so they can get attention.
0: Ooh, man. I, bro. I wish, I wish I was operating in a space of if it was that if that was just a, if it was that simple for me, man. If if I could point to the origin of, of this shit and it was that simple, I wish that I could blame it all on me. Yeah, I I, w- I wish I say, Kevin, you are Kevin, you are the problem, <laughs> or Kevin, you you are the you are the master of your anxiety. <laughs> but it's not that simple because it stems. It's so many other things, so many different things, man.
1: But once you are aware, for instance, say that was an anxiety attack or a panic attack that you experienced the other day. Once you start to be aware of those symptoms and the signals like, oh, something is coming on. Like you are in charge of doing whatever you can in that space and place to make sure you're okay.
0: And which was which was me going through my meditation and my breathing and and trying not to look too crazy
1: <laughs> Util- you got to utilize your tools, right? Your response but- is your responsibility. that's it. I have concern for individuals who are in a space and place to where they are not aware of what's happening. They are not aware of uh the things that they are experiencing. My gripe is with the people who are fully aware and still decide to do nothing. And I heard someone once say, I'm not going to go to therapy to talk about this. Because once I go to therapy, then I'll no longer have this problem. And it's this problem that gets me results. This problem of me acting out that gets me respect. This problem right this this problem has created friendships and relationships because I make things move, so once this problem goes away, so will all of those other figments of my life that I just mentioned so that's why I'm not going to therapy i I said you and this I said you know you get new friends, right? oh shit. <laughs> I was like, the fact that you are creating friends based on your trauma is concerning. It's quite sad and disheartening.
0: Yeah, because that's a that's a level of code codependency. Absolutely. That, As a, you yeah, can, yeah, you yeah,
1: can, yeah. And and those individuals aren't going to hold you accountable, right? They're gonna want you to stay in the space that they're in. So, you you can get new friends. Well, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I figure out. You know, I I go off every, about two times a week. And you know, I'm good. I said, but you don't have to do that. Do you know what your body goes through every time you have one of those moments? Do, do you yeah, know bro, like do you know if, what's if happening it's anything outside? like what I
0: went through? Who would want to do that? Or oh, who would be okay with it, man? I dog, you don't know if you're having a fucking heart attack, a stroke, that damn a heat stroke because you're sweating. And and then the funny thing is when I, I knew what was kind of going on then I I realized another time that it happened before at like the beginning of the summer. But in this case, it wasn't anything. It was a conversation and I felt my chest starting to get tight, heart racing, palms got sweaty. I broke out in a cold sweat, but I was in fucking rage because the person just one of those people that we're talking about right now.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And, and bruh, it happened then, and I thought it could have been a panic attack, but I just kind of ignored it, mm-hmm. right, until I started doing this research. But I guess my my point is, who the hell would be okay putting their body through that?
1: The, the, they're not thinking of their body. What they're thinking of is I'm getting attention, I got respect, because ain't nobody going to try me because I'll air this bitch out.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying.
1: And so all the things that they were listing, I was like, do you do that at work? And then as I asked the question, I do recall, like, this is probably, like, their ninth position in the last 10 years. Because of behavior like that.
0: Because like, uh, their employer helped them find a new
1: employer. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Capital One says we're going to take you from employee to customer. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to fire you. you, you your title, we still need your bread. We your, still need that bread Your title in. just going to change. That's it. <laughs> we fire nobody. Your title just going to change.
0: But it's crazy, though, Brother Jay, because when I kind of went through that episode, uh, one of the things I kind of thought about, almost like embarrassed, almost, I thought about my grandfather. Like, look at what you—what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? Breaking down on your way to work. <laughs> like, like, that's the first thing that I thought about in my head of my grandfather talking shit from the grave, man. <laughs> like,
1: oh, this the you shit know? you do? This the yeah? Shit this you the do? shit
0: y'all niggas? This is shit y'all little niggas doing now? <laughs> breaking down in the goddamn metro. Like, yeah, bro, that's the first thing I thought about. <laughs> See, ain't this the a- Trauma. Ain't this a bitch trauma, man? So, so I say, "Well, damn, maybe that's maybe that's part of my origin origin story to try to figure out how I got here." I, I'm gonna have to go back and try to look at, you know, whether. And I said, my grandfather was malicious in his comment, but he was just old school tough guy, man. I, I, I love my grandfather. Was kind, gen, generous, ain't say much, man. Tall, dark, and handsome, man. Almost looked like Shaft, man. Almost looked like Shaft, man. R. P. to uh, Richard Roundtree, man. One of the first. First black superheroes mm-hmm. on on the big screen, man. My grandfather loved Shaft, bro. Absolutely love Shaft, man. Love uh, the 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 Isaac Hayes Shaft theme song, man. And it's kind of cool because uh, uh, Richard Roundtree, I'm about to call the man Shaft. <laughs> uh, Richard Roundtree was born the same year as my grandmother. Dope. Yeah, born the same year, 1942. Um, when he and, he and he and my grandfather used to speak of uh, Richard Roundtree and the character as Shaft in and in, in reverence, and it's funny, it was like a couple of things he used to always get hyped for, and Shaft make me watch Shaka Zulu, Shaft, the Roots, yeah, Shaka Zulu, the Roots, and Shaft every time he came on TV, and you know the Roots was a miniseries, so that shit, Days. if you can watch it in one setting, man, that's a, that's all day Sunday. <laughs>
1: And half a Monday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but he used to he used to get hype about, about stuff like that, man. And it just gave me an admiration for kind of like old school, old school, old school, man. And, and it's kind of made me who I was, who I am. But I just think it's it's wild because fast forward to me being forty three. And it's like you still have to constantly go back and evaluate. The things in your past to help you handle your present
1: mm-hmm. Yeah you should you should you know saying Kofa go back and get that which you've forgotten yeah um, but I remember someone someone said it at a, at a presentation and it stuck with me your past is a place of reference, not residence.
0: Your past is a place of reference not resident.
1: I can't stay there. Right? When you think of the library and the reference books, you don't read that for leisure. You go get what you need and you put the book back. You don't take it with you. So sometimes we got to go back. We got to figure out where did this come from? How? how, And and figure out like, all right, cool. Now that I know where it came from, now I can fix it, right? I got to go back to the root if I want to fix the fruit. Me trying to fix the fruit Without fixing the root, it's just going to produce more fruit that has already. Bad fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Bad, bad fruit. So now I can't just go to the leaf. I got to go to the source. And that may require us to revisit or reference our past. But it doesn't mean we got to stay there. We can't. We can't.
0: I don't know, Brother Jay. I feel like my life, man, and the things that are going on, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm straight out of a comic book, man. Straight out of a comic book, man. The, the various characters that have influenced my life, my family, man. I don't know if I'm a hero or a villain yet, though.
1: It depends on who you ask. Because you can be a hero in your story and a villain in somebody else's. Recordings.